Welcome to the Rocky Road Podcast, brought to you by Rockbusters, with your host, Dennis Wager. Dennis is a best-selling author and an expert in demolition, rock, and concrete breaking, as well as a professional blaster. He is also president of Rockbusters Incorporated, along with his son, Brian. On the podcast, you'll hear exciting stories of how these challenged types of rock and concrete jobs are done. you learn about the uses of expanding grout and explosive devices. But furthermore, you'll hear about some of the hurdles and struggles entrepreneurs and business owners have had along the way, how they got started, and how they broke through the obstacles and found the path to success. Along with that, some insight for young people and people wanting to get into the industry. So listen in. I hope you enjoy the show. Now, here's Dennis Wager. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'd like to welcome my good friend, Jack Peters from American Explosives. You might know Jack W. Peters uh, from some of the shows such as Treasure Quest, uh, which is on Discovery Channel, or Pirate Gold of Adak Island, which is on Netflix. Uh, Jack is also a well-known speaker and trainer. He trains in explosives, and I personally have taken his training course a couple of times, and I've learned a ton of stuff and, and had a ton of fun doing it. Welcome, Jack. Well, thank you, Dennis. Wow. And congratulations on your new series. Yeah, thanks. It's been a lot of fun uh, putting this together. Great. Honored to be here. Yeah, thanks. So what's uh, what's new in uh, in your explosives world now? Well, I as usual, I've been a busy guy. I'm actually relocated to Las Vegas. And I'm still doing television and training, but I'm working with a new company. Not really a new company to me anyway. It's called Sanders Construction, Western States Drilling and Blasting. And we are a blasting company that's doing mining and construction and green projects all over a number of Western states and helping the company grow. So it's been a lot of fun. And uh, I also have a new television project to tell you about later. You're going to get the first notification that from anyone uh, awesome. on your show. You're going to get the exclusives on that. Awesome. I love it. That's really, so yeah. great. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I've been doing a lot of videos and stuff myself. And uh, I got to say, the, the camera's definitely got a bit of a bug going with me. It's, <laughs> at first, it was uh, a lot of like, oh, my God, I can't do this. You know, even in the old days, I, w- I would never get up on stage and, and speak. But now I, I actually don't mind doing it at all. I quite like it. And yeah, um, yeah I, I found through the camera, you can... Um, generate who you want to show up as you can actually a little bit of practice and you certainly can yes <laughs> yeah yeah and then after you watch yourself a few times then you think oh that's actually okay you know i could tweak this change that you know speak a little louder differently move a little differently and then just you know show up as you want to show up mm-hmm. and nice. anything like that come up for you well it just you know, it's not natural necessarily to be on camera or to record your voice. So like anything else, it just takes practice. The more you do it, the better you can get at it and uh, and make small little changes. It's kind of like blasting, right? You make small little mm, changes yeah. until you get dialed in and get it right. Get it right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of blasting, I saw a job that you did, uh, which involved the big boulder on some railway tracks. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Moab, Utah. Yeah, that was that was quite a job. That was uh, up on a hillside right across the street from Arches National Park. So 
that was uh, an interesting adventure. But we got it done. It was a 35-foot boulder that came down in a rainstorm and crushed the railroad tracks. Yeah. How, what? So that was a, like a flood or a storm that caused that uh, rock slide? Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, pretty common anyway. But this just was like one of the largest boulders I've seen that fell and probably the largest one I've ever shot. Wow. Uh, but after some complications, we got it done. It was one of these situations where we had to close Highway 191 that goes into Moab and had to close down the national park. And then also had issues with uh, natural gas lines running right behind our job and then dinosaur Mm. tracks right next to it. So uh, we had uh, a plethora of challenges to overcome, but I finally got it done and they got the railroad tracks clear and open again. And, uh, you know, another adventure in the books. Wow, that's exciting. So how did you how did you discover the best way to to take that on that, that? Like, how did you figure out, you know, what how to shoot that? Well, a lot of times, you know, when you're out in the field somewhere and you're doing kind of a rush job, you don't have a lot of time to plan or get everything you want. Sometimes you just have to utilize whatever materials are available. Um, You know, as you know, explosives can be difficult to get on a last minute or over a weekend situation. Um, You know, maybe you just kind of get whatever somebody has and it's probably old or something else, depending on, you know, what sources are available. And in this case, we just had some old materials that were available. And, um, you know, we kind of did with what we had. You know, we shot so much, uh, we ran out of boosters and had to make boosters out of deck cord, as an example. <laughs> okay. And so after a while, you learn to be innovative and resourceful. Uh, And, you know, it all worked out. We had the large boulder that we shot, but we also had a lot of secondary rock that we shot as well as a kind of Widowmaker rocks hanging out there waiting to fall again next time. Yeah. And um, so when the boosters ran out, we had plenty of ANFO. So we were braiding um, deck cord to to boost ANFO and it actually worked pretty well. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I I know you're, uh, you're a pro when it comes to improvising and making things happen. Uh, brings me back to the to the memories of the training course where where we did the the training in Bend, Oregon. Oh, and, nice. Um, I think I think you stopped by the dollar store and bought like a little plastic funnel and took some C four and then we were passing it around, pressing the C four mm-hmm. into the funnel to make a shape charge. So mm-hmm. that was very very cool. I, I always uh, remember that because it's just like hmm, you can actually just make a shape charge. Well, the interesting thing with explosives is you never stop learning. I mean, there's so much to learn, and every job usually has just enough variation to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I learn new things all the time. Uh, I do a lot of different types of blasting from, you know, mining to demolition to construction to specialty jobs to television. And, you know, I've been at it, you know, for a while now, and I still learn things all the time. And so that's really the fun of the business is it's, you know, not only a science, but it's an art as well. And yeah, so the exactly. idea of course yeah. is, is to break what you need to break, but not break what you're not supposed to break. That's the yeah. challenge, right? <laughs> right. And, and that gets into like all the differences in fragmentation and kind of, you know, relief, how that all takes a play and also, you know, taking the size that you want and not taking more than you want. And, you know, obviously not putting any rocks through the neighbor's windows, at the same time, right? 
Yeah, that's a big one because, you know, we want to take our profit and keep it and not have to spend it on, you know, attorneys and, you know, insurance claims and broken parts and bits and pieces. Yeah. And that's easy to do. And so it's really, you know, mitigating liability is really, um, you know, a huge issue. And I think that also really separates, you know, kind of the professional blasters from the, you know, from the cowboys that are just doing wild shots. You know, we want to make sure that uh, we're not causing any injury or any damage and do everything the best we can and control any potential liability that might be there. Yeah, that's a really great point. And I think a lot of that is just what you said, just mitigating your risk. And that's a lot of the times where we come into play is like when people can't blast with high explosives, but they still have to get the job done. How do they do it? You know, like whether it's concrete or rock. I mean, uh, you were involved in the Lake Isabella Dam project. Then <clears throat> you have a lot of uh, instances down there where you couldn't blast and you had uh, some electrical components that you had to break. Was it concrete at the electrical area or was that rock? Well, we had we had granite bedrock there, and there was a lot of areas that we couldn't blast. I mean, we did we shot three million yards out of there, so we did a lot of blasting. But there was a lot of cases too where we had electrical transformers and also sensitive um, monitoring equipment for like earthquakes and other things that we couldn't blast around. So we used a lot of grout, and we finally got permission to use the one point four. Uh, Royax charges for lots of oversize. We do a lot of shoot a lot of patterns and have these monster boulders roll out, uh, and we'd stack them all up and get to shoot them all at once. You know when we got enough of them all put together. Yeah, and that, you yeah, know, that video was great. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you're you're seeing like there's <clears throat> excuse me so many different tools in the toolbox, so to speak, right? So it's like, you know, you go from the different ex different high explosives to like, okay, I'm going to use a low explosive or I'm going to use a splitter or I'm going to use grout. Um, so that, that's what I'm finding is there's a lot of knowledge involved in, in just, you know, if you want to even label it as blasting. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of thinking now maybe it needs to be labeled like rock breaking or rock splitting more than just blasting. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, tools in the toolbox is a good analogy because essentially the goal is to not underblast or not overblast. I mean, you don't want to like not break something enough and you don't want to also throw chunks of rock all over the county. You want to apply just enough energy to do the right job. And so the idea is with enough practice and experience and training, you can pick the right product for the right job where you can effectively break something but not damage anything else, especially if you're dealing with, you know, utility lines and gas lines and, you know, residential or buildings or houses, windows, whatever, vehicles, whatever. There's always something in the way, i found. I mean, we do a lot of stuff out in the desert, but there's still always something in the way of your blasting job that, that cannot be damaged. So that's really the trick and the challenge is how to apply the right amount of energy to get the job done. Yeah, that's great. And, and what do you see as far as like the velocity of the explosive? How does that make a difference? Well, the velocity is, you know, what we call the VOD, the velocity of detonation, is explosive charges are measured just like you would measure the ballistics of a rifle bullet. You can actually measure the speed of it. And people may use feet uh, for uh 
per second, or I use meters per second, where you actually determine how fast something can go or, or detonate. And um, as an example, if you're moving rock and earth and sand and dirt and that sort of thing, you can use a lower velocity material, even a um, you know, low explosive. Uh, or if you need to, you know, split, you know, trees in half or cut steel, then you're going to use a much higher velocity material. So the velocity essentially dictates what you can do with the material and what it's going to cut. Yeah, that's great. So that's what I took away from the training was that with the C4 that we made the shape charge from, we, we as you know, put it on a, uh, what was that, like a three-quarter inch thick steel plate? For a one inch thick steel plate, it was a pretty thick steel plate. And it was just, you know, the C4 in about a four inch pattern, like, you know, four inch at the base, just set on there with a blasting cap in it. And I remember we got like a long ways away. <clears throat> and that was the one where, where you were, uh, you know, insisting everybody put their hard hat on and, and duck real good. <laughs> oh, yeah. And man, the, uh, the uh, overblast uh, air pressure from that was uh, intense. Like Feel it, was, it in your chest. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, you know, on something like that, I mean, that's a specific tool for cutting steel. I mean, we're not going to use that for cutting rocks or, you know, for mining or, or boulders or anything else. That has a very specific job for cutting steel. Uh, but, you know, we typically, I mean, we'll do some of that in demolition. There's linear shape charges and other tools for cutting I-beams and when we're taking down towers or buildings or something like that. But a lot of what we do too is rock and that, you know, has its own uh, tools involved. And I, you know, I really like the 1.4 Royax stuff that you're selling because it works well. And um, it also doesn't have all the regulation that the 1.1 high explosives has. It's easier and cheaper to transport. It uh, doesn't require, you know, a full hazmat driver, depending on the quantity that you carry. Uh, and so there's some real advantages to that. And it works pretty good. Um, I've got a pretty good video of, of shooting a row of about probably 80 yards of boulders with that product. Well, that was quite a good video. Those, those boulders were pretty big, too. They were probably a good 20, 25 feet around as well. And uh, yep. to see them all go at the same time was pretty impressive. Well, there was another one we shot too with the low explosive sticks, and it was 22 feet. So I mean, it, okay. was a, it was a monster. We had to climb up on it with a ladder and load the top of the holes up and, and some on the side, and it shot really well too. So, you know, usually you don't have boulders that big, but when you do, it's nice to know you can break them up enough to get them out of the way. Yeah. What I really like about the Royx is that you don't have the fly rock issue because it just, you know, as the charge goes off, it just uh, dissipates. You know, you, you don't have uh, all the risk of, uh, and, and the vibrations that you do. So also, if you're going to be working like uh, in a subdivision or something where you're close to another house or structure, uh, your vibrations are minimal. Like they're nothing compared to high explosives. So even though the cost per cartridge might be a little bit more, your cost overall for the job is quite often a lot less and it's well lot, it, it, it may or convenient. may not be you've got to factor transportation and the other right. thing too is if you're in a, on a job site you also got to look at you know how much of the job site do you need to shut down i mean there can still be some fly rock even with the low explosive product because as it, as it conceal as it gets concealed and fired it actually kind of turns into a high explosive product so it can still throw a little rock but it it's can. more manageable. And the other thing, too, is you can also, 
you know, throw a tarp over it or put some covering on it or something to keep the sound and vibration down a little bit. Even uh, some Tyvek wrap or even just a tarp can actually greatly reduce all that where yeah. you don't have to move a lot of equipment out of the way or shut down, you know, 2,000 feet of uh, working environment around you. Yeah, exactly. You know, we've we've done that on uh, job sites. If you're on a big construction site, you know, you only have to close down a small area while you're blasting, uh, where if you're going to use high explosive, you're shutting down the whole entire job site. Uh, and that can be like sometimes, you know, hundreds or, you know, quite a few guys that, that are sure, standing sure. standing by just waiting at what you're, you're paying for. Well, yeah, uh, it's all money. I mean, if, they're, if your yeah. equipment and guys are standing there watching you, yeah, you're entertaining them. But if someone's paying a lot of money Somebody's for, paying our bill people, for, for those that guys entertainment. There. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we also did a job, too, here in Kamloops at a big uh, gold mine, uh, 2,800 feet underground with Roy X. And we, we were successfully able to take out a, a tunnel breakthrough, which was connecting a, a tunnel they were boring. Uh, 2,800 feet underground into another another main tunnel, which which also housed all of the electrical lines, and uh, we couldn't damage the electrical lines, so they chose to use Royx uh, for that. So we went down uh, and did that with the mine, and it was great. And actually, through that process, now they've approved Royx to be used uh, anytime on ship, which is a big thing for them because they're also doing a lot of construction underground. They're doing mine extensions and expansions to the mine. And um, they're only allowed to blast in between shifts. So the mine, as most mines, run 24 hours, but they only blast in between shifts when there's a shift change. So everything right. is, is drilled and loaded during the shift, but not fired. And then as, as the shifts change, they, they take a break and fire the shots. Yep. But then if you're doing like a little bit, let's say you have a hang up or you have a bit of something you got to get out of the way for uh, new construction, uh, you're always waiting. Well, so now they're able to use the Royx and uh, just fire at any time. So that's a big advantage for them. Oh, good. Yeah, and there's nothing like working underground. I mean, that's a whole other animal there. I think it's pretty neat. I mean, it's not for everybody. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a unique environment, and it's also uh, climate controlled. So if you're working and it's snowing outside or 110 degrees, it's always like a perfect 60 degrees underground. So it has yeah. its advantages. It's always very dark, though. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, and last time I talked with you, you were like taking a helicopter into the Grand Canyon for yeah. a specialty blasting job. That sounded pretty good. Yeah, that was amazing. That was a lot of fun. I got to stay at the uh, Phantom Ranch at the uh, the Rangers uh, bunkhouse down there at the bottom okay. of the canyon, and uh, that was a, a trenching job. Um, they had a, they, ha they have a wastewater treatment plant there that looks after the campsite, the Bright Angel uh, campsite, and also the Phantom Ranch. But the treatment plant is over 100 years old, and it's uh, it's at its capacity. It's kind of lived its life, so to speak, right? Uh, so now they're doing a bunch of upgrades to the treatment plant, and they needed to put in some trenching. And uh, they, they discovered, like, it's an archaeology... It's one of those sites. It's, it's uh, yes. It's got some archaeology in there. <laughs> so there could be some artifacts there. There could be some, you know, some artifacts that you certainly don't want to damage, right? So exactly. That so we requires worked, an extra yeah. element of care. It was. So we worked alongside of an archaeologist from the uh -huh. uh, the state park, and uh, there was no blasting allowed. So we were using expanding grout. We used Nexpro in the bottom of the canyon, and the cool part about it was like. 
everything that goes down to the bottom of the canyon has to be, you know, hiked in, backpacked, or used the, the donkeys or flown in with a helicopter. Right. So with our in our case, everything got flown in with a helicopter. So we we brought in uh, all the grout, like a, a full pallet of grout, uh, and all the drills, etc., by helicopter, and set up. We uh, we even flew in like a mini excavator. We had a thirty size excavator that we flew in, and a bobcat, wow. uh, air compressor, even a screening plant. We flew in. So as the trenches were being dug out, the the rock or the gravel could be screened uh, and reused. What a job! That's great. Yeah, no, it was great. So I just I worked with with those guys. It was uh, GSE Construction out of California. Uh-huh. Um, they were great. Uh, we we I went down there. I worked with them. Showed them how to use it. We used the grout and all the boulders that were oversized. We just put them aside and drilled them and and poured them. But uh, it was a really cool experience. Like you wake up in the morning, and it's. It's not like a normal morning you'd wake up because you're so far down in the hole. You're like, I think it's about seven kilometers or something like that down, right. down, down in the canyon. So when this in the morning, it, when the sun comes up, it doesn't come up at like 7 a.m. It, it comes up, but you don't see it until like 1030. So it's, it's quite cold down there until 1030. Then boom, it's warm. And then at three o'clock, it's the reverse. It just, it, it, the sun goes away and it shuts off and it's cold. Well, and that's the nice thing with this business is you don't know where it's going to take you next. I mean, that's really part of the the enjoyment of, of the blasting industry is that, you know, you could be on a plane somewhere, on a helicopter somewhere, on the back of a donkey somewhere, and, yeah. you know, you don't know what where you're going to go next. You don't. Yeah, you don't. That's That's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed that. And then all the, all the great people I've got to work with as well. I've done a lot of training the same as you and... I've trained some of the people from uh, the universities, the FBI. I've worked with the bomb squad in New York. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, the U.S. Army. I've I've done training with the, a lot of the top blasters in the U.S. Army. We've done research with the Army for underwater blasting with Royx. Nice. Yeah. So that's that's come a long way, and the yeah, industry is evolving, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what I what I enjoy about it is that not only the industry's uh, evolving now, things like this where we're able to do podcasts and TV shows and stuff like that that just kind of bring like an element of fun to it, and uh, you know, lets people see it more because it is kind of a Indeed. behind the scenes sort of thing. It's not like everybody's going to go watch a blast, right? Right, that's true. Yeah, but they get a little little insight to you know how we do our job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So what is what is your role as far as the safety officer now that you're taking on with uh, Sanders? Well, it you know, I really enjoy it. And, you know, that's really an important element when it comes to blasting. Right. Or even working in general is that, you know, you've got to balance safety with production and quality. And so, you know, any type of injury or accident is just so negative on a company, on the individuals, on the employees, um, and expensive, you know, what we're trying to do is everything we can to not only deal with, you know, an accident if it happens, but actually be proactive and prevent accidents and injuries. And that's possible to do. I mean, there's enough uh, research now that we can get a pretty good understanding of how and why accidents happened. 
and we can get ahead of them to actually prevent them. So what I want to do is be proactive and actually work on preventing accidents and injuries altogether. And there's been enough research that we know what causes accidents and injuries so we can actually prevent them. The first thing is to ask questions. How can we do something better? How can we do something safer? The second thing is to work in teams. If working in a high-performance team has a magnifying effect on safety because everyone you work with watches out for each other. And the third thing is understanding triggers that may cause accidents and injuries. I'll give you an example, like when we're really fatigued, we're tired, or maybe we're too hot, we're too cold with extreme weather conditions, uh, maybe we don't understand the job fully. There's a lot of different triggers that can cause accidents and injuries or lead up to them. And if we can recognize those, that's also an important factor. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I, I know that uh, even just from your training there, with working in, uh, in teams or groups, it takes on a whole new feeling to it. You know, like you do have each other's backs and, and you know somebody else is, is kind of watching over your shoulders with your best interests in mind. And, Absolutely uh, right. Yep. Yeah. Not only is it more efficient and effective, but it's actually safer as well. So it's a win-win. Plus, not only that, uh, it, for for people to work, it's better to work in that type of environment than in some type of a dysfunctional work group or something. You want to work in a high-performance team. Absolutely. So speaking of high performance, what great advice do you have for any young people wanting to get into the blasting industry and have a blaster on their uh, career path? Well, you know, good question. And, you know, now is actually a really good time. There's a lot of construction projects going on, and there's also a lot of mining and demolition as well as other projects. So it's a good time to be a blaster. And, you know, there are some training opportunities. There's also internships where someone can start off maybe in general labor where they assist a blast team. And then as they learn the process and learn the materials and how it's all done, they can move up and become a blaster. And then after enough years of that, they can become what we call a blaster in charge. That's someone that manages a blast operation. But you know, now again is a great time to be into the industry. We're always hiring people. Uh, we're working on a variety of different projects, including some some unique, even green projects where we're putting in, uh, helping out with solar farms and windmill farms from California to Texas. Um, so now's a great time. If you like that type of career, you can actually, um, you know, make pretty good money without having uh, extensive uh, extensive college loans and so forth. You can learn uh, from a company that will, can hire you. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty good business. It's been very, very good to to me and, and also to you, it looks like, Dennis, right? It has. Yeah, it, yeah. Oh, for sure. Can't complain at all. But, the other uh, thing, too, is it's fun. I mean, it once is you, a lot of fun. You know, once you be in the in the business and you get to do different types of blasting and different types of jobs, uh, you really enjoy being out and working with people and, and having those types of challenges. Right, exactly. And then the one thing, too, is that, you know, you can never get rid of the adrenaline rush of pressing that button. That's right. There, there is no cure. You just have to keep working. You just have it, to. Right? It's like <laughs> in front of the camera. It's like you want to yep. press the button and you want to talk in front of the camera. It's kind of like your, well, and, your lifelong and Dennis, ambitions, you know. Speaking of camera, 
I've got to tell you, you're getting a premiere notice here. I have a new television show coming out sometime, maybe June, July of 2023. It is a new series that's going to be on the History Channel called Beyond Skinwalker Ranch. So look out for that. Uh, you'll see me on an episode uh, doing some very exciting blasting work. Cool. Well, that's very exciting. I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. But I think that's our time. And uh, I just want to say thanks very much for being on the show, Jack. That was great. Great, great to catch up with you and, and talk about all this stuff. It's very, very interesting uh, for me. And I hope our listeners uh, also find it uh, fun to listen to as well. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Dennis. Yeah. You bet. Take, take care. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode and tell us your story, visit our website at www.rockbusters.com. If you have a project and would like to learn more about our products, or if you're interested in partnering with us and becoming a distributor, give us a call. Thanks again. We appreciate your support. <laughs>